You're listening to HBCU and Entertainment, where diversity, equity, and inclusion refine the future of entertainment. I am your host, Stacey Milner, and welcome back to another episode. Today, I want to talk to you about pivotal moments in history that have trailblazed paths for Black and Brown students, systemic issues, preventing the advancement of DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion, for those of you who aren't familiar with the, the acronym, improvements to continue the effort for diversity. So with that being said, let's dive right in. Today, we will address diversity, equity, and inclusion and define exactly what that means, right? We hear it all the time, but like, what does it really mean? So I'm going to give you a definition. Diversity is the practice of, is the practice or quality of including or involving people from a range of different social and economic backgrounds. I like that, right? Because if I'm answering the question, what does diversity mean to me? It is exactly that. And what I what it means to me is that it's, in, it's inclusion, it's creating opportunities for those who have not been at the table. It is about workforce reflecting the very community in which an industry serves. And it's a collection of thoughts and diverse ideas and backgrounds, like coming to you know, an industry, a project, an organization. It's all of those things to me. So, you know, that's what it means to me. That's the general definition. But, you know, let's get into some pivotal moments in history that have trailblazed paths, right, for Black and Brown students. And I can honestly say that there hasn't been a ton. There are some organizations that have been around for a very long time that have done some wonderful things, but it always, you know, bugs me, right? That we're still talking about the lack of diversity in the industry. And let's just boil it down. People get, you know, we, we add in the other words of, you know, equity and inclusion and all that is important, but it really boils down to the diversity of an industry's workforce, diversity of thought, diversity of content, all these things. And so when I think back, I have to kind of go back to where I got started in creating this program called HBCU in LA and my nonprofit organization to, to launch that program. So I was doing research and I came to find out that USC and the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences, the folks that oversee the Oscars, their founding members went into a joint venture with USC and established the first film school in the nation. Why did they do that? They did that because they knew that in order to preserve the art of moving pictures, they had to establish a relationship with institutions of higher learning. And so I found that to be really, really interesting. And really, when I set out on my mission, I said, well, you know, I can go back to the industry and have them go back to their roots, right? I'm not asking you to do anything you haven't done for years. And this is the reason for the pipeline issue and the problems that we have when it comes to diversity, equity, and inclusion, because the industry has sourced its talent primarily from select universities, those that have strong film and television programs. They have a lot of alumni that are now working in the industry. And guess what they do? They say, I want somebody from my alma mater to come and intern. And so it becomes this very insular, you know, nepotism is alive and well, but that's 
that's kind of what it functions from. So what I said when I wanted to change the, the and create real equity and inclusion and really move the diversity needle, I said, well, I'm going to go to the industry. And it's exactly what I did. I went to them and I said, look, I'm not asking you to do anything you haven't done before, but what I want you to do now is to basically let's go to the campuses of HBCUs. They have a 150 year history producing you know, visionaries and leaders down through the years. I mean, you can just name it. There's so many HBCU notables in Hollywood today that have come from our HBCUs and nobody's talking about that. And nobody's really going to those institutions and bringing their that talent in. So, you know, I just found that to be, you know, really, really interesting. And today, or this year, I should say, you know, this relationship between USC and the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences is embarking on its 94th year of a relationship and partnership. But when you think back over the history, like, who has done that or put that kind of attention on an HBCU or on the institutions of HBCUs? And when you think about HBCUs, you have a hundred plus. It's not one institution. It's not one school, right? So really interesting. So I knew and know that if we're going to achieve real diversity, we have to go and focus on those institutions. And so I'm very grateful for the, I guess, people being woke now to HBCUs and wanting to do more and to bring more talent in. And so I'm grateful for that. So I'm glad that today, you know, with the horrific event of George Floyd, a lot of people's eyes are now open, but I want us to move beyond a period of time. That's just, this is a moment where we need to make a change and do something to, you know, I mean, check in a box or yeah, let's do this for a moment of time, but let's make this something that really creates the change and ushers in the change that we really need to establish diversity and inclusion, equity in this industry. So to me, that's kind of a pivotal moment. There's also areas where you've had, you know, I've been in the industry a really long time. And so I have witnessed everything from affirmative action and in fact, I remember the days when the NAACP went in to establish, I should say, a memorandum of understanding with the various studios and networks to make sure that they were being intentional about their, their diversity and inclusion efforts. And so, you know, there from that sprung a lot of different programs, right? They, they wanted to have more writers on sets. They wanted to have more opportunities for directors and you know a lot of different areas. And so what happened is a lot of the studios then established a you know chief diversity officer. They established a writers and directors programs. But this is what I'll say about that. And I, I've been around enough and I've heard a lot of conversations. The writers and directors programs are great. They're needed. It is a pathway in to a very insular business, but I liken them to a lottery system, right? So you have, you know, let's say a handful of folks that actually get an opportunity and then it comes with such stiff, you know, requirements to get in, but there are some that get through because there is that talent that is there. But when you start looking at award season and you really start looking at the numbers, you're going to forever have this talk about, the lack of diversity. Oscar So White, when that came about, that was another moment, right? For us to like, oh, 
like, yeah, why aren't more people of color, you know, being, you know, recognized or being nominated, but we're going to forever have that problem until we start pipelining in talent from those early entry level opportunities. This industry is an apprenticeship business. I don't care what school you come from, what your degree is. So many people that come into this industry come in and they're starting in the mailroom. They're starting as assistants. They're starting as production assistants. You come in to a service, you know, support type role because they want you to come in and learn the business from the ground up. You need to get alongside the coattails of those who know this industry, who have the power and ability to leverage your career. But you, you know, those are the things that have to happen in order for this industry to really change. And so, you know, what we're doing with this, with our work and our program through the HBCO and LA program is that now we have taken the industry back to its beginning. We're going to institutions of higher learning. We're bringing them in through internship opportunities. These internships are across all different business sects of the industry, all the different levels and areas. We're not doing a lot on production. It's unionized. There's a lot of different things there, but folks come in through internships, right? They get in, they learn the business, they meet people, they network. They're now not seen as odd in the space because, oh, we're used to having this talent now come through. Whereas before it was very much, you know, my, my folks, my tribe that I know, those were the ones I brought in. But now we are through this program bringing in this very systematic process where we are just going back to the industry's roots and saying, here we are. We are going to vet and produce to you the best and brightest diverse talent that wants access into this space. And so now with that, you'll have more students of color more talent of color, underrepresented talent that will be there in these spaces that can then move up through the system. They will have a foothold in. And the more we do that, we're going to change the landscape of this industry. We're not going to be searching high and low, like we can't find the talent. We can't this, we can't that. Well, when you want people to come in, there's so much that they need to know about this industry and relate. This is a relationship business. It's all about who you know. Uh, and who knows you, quite frankly. So, you know, what we're doing is going to change that. And I think, you know, it's a, it's a way that has not been done before. And I'm really excited about, you know, I can't wait to see where we are, even five years from now, because we have had, and I will share a little bit later, just some of the impact and the success of the program that we have been doing. But you know, the industry, I believe that the industry truly wants to, to make this change. And I just think that you have to have a very strategic and intentional approach. I don't think you take the industry outside of, you know, who it is and what it has done. I just think you have to help it to do what they normally do, but providing them with the talent and the resources to be able to make it happen. So with that, I've kind of gone on, I can go on and on about diversity, but that's just that. So let's talk about equity, right? Equity is the quality of being fair and impartial. Oh my goodness, that is a mouthful, right? How are we gonna be fair and impartial? So what does what does equity mean to me? changing you got to you got to be fair and open the doors and create the opportunity for talent 
that has been underrepresented to be in this industry. And what will that mean? You're going to have to be fair. They're not going to come with all the bells and whistles from the institutions that you traditionally have sourced from. They come from varying backgrounds, a lot of different things. So, but really, in the nutshell, we've got to change the overall workforce. We've got to put more people in the room at the table for it to really, for it to really be effective and to do what it is that ultimately we all say we want to see and we want to have within our organization. So, so let's talk about just some of those systemic issues because a lot of it is not always just somebody being intentional, not wanting to be fair or impartial. They literally think that I can't find that talent. So it's, it goes back to systemic issues and it has truly prevented the industry from advancing its DEI efforts. So I want to say it from this vantage point that when it comes to systemic issues, it boils down to geographical and financial barriers. Back in the day, people interned for no money at all, right? Or you came in and you interned and somebody was able to put you up in a house or gave you a car to get around town in. But in this industry, I mean, for, for students of color in particular, that is a barrier. That is truly a barrier to, to entry. The resources, even that some of the schools have, we're not, you know, a lot of our HBCUs are not the NYUs and UCLA's and USC's of the world. They don't have those programs, right? They don't have all those resources. Also think about the opportunities, right? That a student from an HBCU will have thinking about their geographical area and what's available to them. So what type of opportunities are they gonna be able to put on their resume as experience and then allow the industry to look at that and say, mm, no, they don't work. That doesn't work. We can't have them. You can have them. You have to stop and think about what have been the barriers for this person to have access and opportunity. So when we think about the students that we source and that we bring into the industry, we are looking at what have you done on campus? You know, you say you want to be a film writer. Have you written anything? Have you helped produce something on campus? You love social media and marketing. Are you marketing and advertising on, on campus? So we're trying to pull that in. Did you work for a local station? And you have to think, even look at volunteer stuff that they've done. So you really have to look at the talent that is coming in that you say you want, but think about what is available to them from a resource standpoint. Knowledge, right? As I mentioned, there's not a lot of schools with a strong, you know, film program. And 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 quite frankly, I want to say this because I don't just focus, and this program doesn't just focus on, you know, creating content and film and television. We want it's a multi-major reach. We want folks from across so many different majors that can have a place in this industry because this industry has opportunity just like any other corporate American organization has. There is space for everyone. But we want to also make sure that there is knowledge available from a curriculum enhancement standpoint. How do we add curriculum enhancement into our HBCUs? How do we pour into them? So a lot of what we do, even within our HBCU and LA program, is to bring them that hands-on you know, work experience, but also to give them professional development and and curriculum, right? To learn all aspects of the business, the business behind the business so that they understand. So it really is about the knowledge. And for students, they don't know what they don't know, right? 
they don't even know that there's an opportunity for them. They think that they just love playing games. But what about you creating games and learning what you need to learn to create your own game? Last summer, we had a gaming pitch competition and it was phenomenal what these students pitch. So knowledge is very key. And the other issue is obviously a lack of connections, right? In this industry, nobody starts at the top, as I mentioned. So it's about who you know, who knows you. I like to say that what I do through the work that I do and the opportunity that we create with our program is so that students can actually, we can create that bridge for them. We're their inside connection to get them in to the industry. And really at the end of the day, it boils down to access and opportunities. Um, we have to open the doors and create space for them to be in here, to have the opportunities to begin to build marketable resumes, from those early internships all the way through to their entry and early career opportunities. Inclusion. So what does inclusion mean? Inclusion is the practice or policy of providing equal access to opportunities and resources for people who might otherwise be excluded and marginalized. And I kind of touched on some of that in the in the, the previous statement that I, I just covered. But so how does ECOP promote inclusion? Oh my goodness. So you talk about my thing now. So ECOP promotes inclusion by opening the doors for HBCU students to enter into this entertainment industry. A program, we are the first of its kind to have a Los Angeles-based experience, right? It is immersive in and of itself. So we are literally, and then we go not only to like a handful of HBCUs, like we are trying to get to all of the schools, right? Last year's cohort had 30 HBCUs represented. So the word is out there to the community. And so through this HBCUNLA program, we are, we are solving a problem and creating a solution for the industry and our industry partners who say that they want to make sure that their workforce is reflective of the communities they serve, so we're providing them with that pipeline. We are removing the issue and the problem. We are serving up to them the best and brightest students with passion, drive, and just looking for that access and opportunity in. We are on the campuses of HBCUs. We go out, we do a fall tour so that we can bring our industry partners with us so we can have these educational career forums. The students and faculty can engage with industry organizations that come with us on campus. We do workshops so that we are helping to equip and prepare them to be ready for these opportunities that will be presented. And then we do a mentorship, right? We have launched, and I, I'm getting so excited here, but anyway, so we have recently launched our Emerging Talent Network, better known as ETN. It is, I like to say it this way, it's where HBCU in LA meets LinkedIn with a lot more bells and whistles. So our Emerging Talent Network is a place where our students find their tribe. We also invite industry professionals, leaders, organizations, even employee resource groups that want to give back to the community to join the platform. They can easily create a profile, right? Just put your link, drop in your LinkedIn profile. It'll populate you a nice profile within our system. The students on the platform will find you. But within that platform, the students get mentorship. 
They see one another. They connect with one another. There are learning modules built into this platform, evergreen learning modules. So we want you know, organizations to join us, right? So that this platform has you know, great curriculum enhancement added to it, right? So we can have a screenwriting one-on-one, -on -one, agency one-on-one, -on -one, cause quite frankly, they don't know a lot about the agency world. So we are helping to bring that and all of that is happening within this platform. So you find your tribe, you find your job resources, you connect with industry professionals, connect with your peers. It is a beautiful thing. So we are excited about that. And it, again, all about helping us promote inclusion in the industry. So let's talk a little bit about, because I know I'm kind of going long here, but I'm really excited as I always am, but the success of our program. To tell you all those things that I just mentioned about diversity, equity, and inclusion, to show you how effective we have been. We right now sit on a 90% conversion rate from intern to hire. So our partners are serious about their partnership with us the talent that we are bringing to them, these students are landing jobs. We have so many that are living here, thriving and working in this industry. It is incredible. We started out with nine students, nine students. Do you know how many we had last year? We had over a hundred students and we launched in New York as well. So we had over a hundred students between New York and LA. We are expanding. We are not only expanding geographically, we are expanding because now other industries are finding out about us. So, you know, we're pulling in the sports, music, fashion has reached out. So there technology. So we're growing in the gaming and technology space. We, this program is, to me, it's so simple. And it was, for me, a lot of times I'm like, oh my goodness, like all these huge organizations, like, this is a real easy model and we're making it happen. We have a, not only, you know, with ETN, that is also helping us with our alumni network, right? So our alumni network is building and growing and we have so many students now that are thriving in this industry. We have converted our first executive and we launched this program in 2017, our a, a member of our 2018 and 2019 cohort is now a literary manager for a major management agency. I mean, crazy. So when you think about, well, how effective can this be? Like we can change the C-suite. We can change, I mean, across all areas of this industry. But to think about a program in its infancy stage, that has already made a conversion with a member of its cohort that signed a three-year deal and is now a literary manager, get out of here. Like we are doing this thing and we will continue to do it with creating opportunity for more underrepresented talent to have their place and space in this industry. So I'm really, really excited about the work. The program is making an impact and I can't wait to see where it is you know, years from now, my son told me years ago when I, when he knew I was thinking about doing this and we started the program and it, and it took off immediately. He said, mom, you're not just doing something for right now. He said, you're creating legacy. I was like, oh my God. And he was only like 19, 20 at the time. I'm like, how do you know about legacy? 
But I really, I believe that now. And I know that because I, I see what's happening. So I'm really, really excited about it. But yeah, so that's, that's who we are. That's what this is about. So when it comes to diversity, equity, inclusion, these are the things that we can do to really drive that change. We can move this needle, but we have to do it together, united, on purpose, intentional about it. So I want to thank you for joining me today and tuning in to HBCU and entertainment. If this episode resonated with you, please comment, rate, and review the podcast on all podcasting platforms. Your feedback means everything. And until next time, know that I appreciate you lending your ear to me. So catch us on the next episode. You don't want to miss it.